You're listening to Work Human Radio. And here's your host, Mike Wood. Welcome back to another edition of Work Human Radio, pioneered by Global Force. My name is Mike Wood. I'm your host. And this week, we're going to be talking to Tom McMullen, who is a consultant with the Corn Ferry Hay Group. Tom's consulting work focuses on developing organization effectiveness and total reward programs, including reward strategy, incentive and performance management systems, work measurement, organization structure design, and organization effectiveness programs. So this is the first part of a two-part interview we did with Tom McMullen. Here is Sarah Payne and Tom McMullen. Tom, thank you so much for being on Working the Radio today. Yeah, pleasure to be here. So I thought we'd start with a little bit of background on uh, what you do at Corn Ferry Hay Group. Sure. Um, I've been at Corn Ferry Hay Group for um, quite a while. I'm a senior client partner here in our rewards and benefits practice, uh, and I work with clients on their broad-based rewards issues. So um, if if we use kind of a broad definition of reward, uh, which is anything – that an organization provides its employees of perceived value. That would include base salary, incentives, benefits, uh, non-financial rewards, and uh, will help clients uh, develop uh, reward strategies, design of specific programs, we will do uh, program audits, uh, market benchmarking, um, as well as helping clients with uh, administering, communicating, implementing uh, reward programs. I, I tend to spend a fair amount of my time um, with manufacturing companies, uh, consumer products, as well as a few not-for-profits. Um, in addition to, to that, I also have a role within Corn Ferry. I'm doing um, uh, rewards and benefits. I, I lead our research, our thought leadership, and some of our solutions development as well. So a lot on your plate over there <laughs> at Corn Ferry. <laughs> makes it interesting and fun. Definitely. Um, so I, I think a lot of that is really relevant to the, our audience, you know, for working in radio. We talk to a lot of HR leaders, um, and something that's really top of mind now, even beyond HR, is the unemployment, which is at an all-time low, which is great for job seekers. But, you know, when it comes to companies attracting and retaining talent, um, what advice would you give a company that's kind of struggling in that area, especially in this market? Yeah. And, you know, it is at, um, you know, clearly the the lowest it's been in over a decade, you know, although some might argue that there's still some underemployment going on, you know, uh, people in part-time roles that, that really want full-time roles, but relatively speaking, it's a very uh, robust economy, um, for, for uh, job seekers. But that also presents, as you mentioned, Sarah, challenges for uh, organizations. And I, I think, you know, in terms of advice um, as it relates to, you know, a competitive rewards program, I, I think companies need to win at both the first moment of truth and the second moment of truth with their employees to kind of borrow a phrase um, that I see consumer products companies um, using. So w- winning at the first moment of truth is, you know, w- when you're a, a candidate, whether you decide to go with company A or company B, um, you know, a competitive uh, compensation and benefits program is absolutely important. You know, there are relatively few things that um, 
an, uh, an aspiring employee can compare and contrast uh, between organizations and in the rewards mm-hmm. package, the, the, particularly the, the base uh, incentives and benefits is, is a key one. But I think in addition to that, you know, what, what's the company's brand? Do they have an employer uh, value proposition? Is the, the, the job that they're going into seen as interesting, at least on, on the surface? So, you know, I, I think what companies can do to win at that first moment of truth in terms of um, bringing in new talent into an organization, if, if they don't have a handle on it already, you, you really need to know if, if you have a competitive rewards program. You don't need to be one of the top payers, but you definitely need to be in the mix, right? A, a lot of organizations target around median, um, but we find a lot of companies don't necessarily have a good feel for what their competitive posture is. Um, if, if we, we say that we want to pay median, are, are we actually doing it? Do we have gaps uh, in certain parts of the organizations? Um, in addition to the actual pay levels, you know, what do um, your employees think about um, the pay program? What's their perceptions of effectiveness and fairness? Uh, does that vary in different parts of your organization, say between executives, managers, um, support staff. Um, do employees understand the value of, of what you're offering um, to, to them? Uh, there are a lot of companies that have good stories, you know, good pay levels, uh, competitive packages, but they don't do a great job communicating that value uh, to employees. So, you know, if, if you have a good story to tell, we, we still see a number of organizations not telling that good story. So there's an opportunity there. Um, you know, I, I think employ- companies also need to win at the second moment of truth. Um, you know, what makes that employee who's already joined your company wake up and want to go work for you, uh, your company versus another company uh, e- each and every day? So, you know, is there a an energy level around um, that that colleague wanting to, to go work, um, or? Are they willing to entertain picking up a call from a recruiter? Uh, and what we found in our research and our experience with clients, winning at that second moment of truth, you know, in terms of retention and engaging employees is is more about the non-financial rewards, honestly. You know, while a competitive compensation and benefits program is is relatively more important to get someone into an organization, it's the non-financial rewards, things like the organization, culture, climate, uh, leadership, um, the opportunity to do interesting and challenging work, uh, recognition um, are key elements to, um, to to retain people. In fact, the number one um, kind of characteristic or attribute that organizations have to retain talent is is actually um, career development. So do your employees feel good about not only the job that they're in now, but their potential for future job opportunities within your organization? We find uh, career development opportunities or lack thereof is the number one reason why employees leave organizations, primarily in the management and professional uh, ranks. So you know, the, the psychologist uh, Hertzberg said, if you want someone to do a good job, you've got to give them a good job to do. So, you know, what is a good uh-huh. job? Um, you know, it, I like it's, that. Yeah. Ma- yeah. Ma- making sure that, you know, there's meaning and purpose uh, to the employee and, and that the organization is, is providing that meaning and purpose, that the content of the job is, is interesting and it provides appropriate stretch and autonomy 
that, that the work is fun. And, you know, that's not just the work itself, but the culture and the climate in which I'm doing that work um, is fun for me. You know, I, I like the people I work with. I, I like my boss. Um, and I think, lastly, that, you know, the company enables and supports their employees for success. So are we giving the right kind of um, resources, whether they're information resources, financial resources, uh, feedback, clarity, and direction? Those are all kind of key enablement um, planks that you can have very engaged talent, but if you're not enabling them with those kind of things, um, you end up with frustrated employees that could uh, look to take their talents elsewhere. So, and, and part of that is, you know, do, do employees feel that they're equipped to, to advance their career with, with your organization rather than uh, another organization? Yep. So it's, yeah, it's more than just the package that you offer, you know, when they first come on board, it's continuously evaluating and making sure that you're communicating the value that you're delivering. Yeah, that, that's right. So a competitive comp and benefits program, it kind of gets you a ticket to enter the, the race, right? But to win that race, it, it's much more about all of the non-financial rewards. Um, you know, for, for key talent, making sure that, that um, compensation is still competitive is absolutely important. But more and more so, you know, all the other non-financial rewards are the things that we keep seeing year in and year out, good times or bad times, uh, as being the real differentiators for, for retention of talent. So last time you were on our blog, you talked about companies evolving pay practices. Um, this is a couple years ago. So what changes have you seen since then in the way companies are approaching things like variable pay and pay for performance? Yeah, you know, it's been, um, what, about 10 years since uh, the economy kind of cratered um, due to the, the, the financial uh, bubble. Um, and, you know, I, I think that although I, I don't like the term too much, I, I think we're in a new normal that I, I think the last decade um, has been, oh, I, somewhere, but, you know, somewhat of a wake up call for um, both employers and employees in terms of kind of moderating expectations. I, I'd say some of the dominant themes that we're seeing is, you know, with C-suite executives and CEOs, um, they're quite willing to pay for performance, but only if they get that performance, right? So with that, we, over the last decade, we've seen continued emphasis on variable pay programs. I, I think we're almost at a point of, of saturation in terms of, I, I think most of the employee groups that um, could be eligible for those um, pay programs are already participating in them. I, I don't know that we're necessarily seeing increased um, target opportunities, but we're definitely seeing um, attention paid to making sure that we've got the right metrics uh, in place. You know, a lot of um, companies that may have had one-size-fits-all programs in terms of uh, the performance metrics in these variable pay programs, the design mechanics have started to to segment and differentiate those a bit. I think there's a lot more emphasis on communication and measuring effectiveness uh, than ever before. So I wouldn't call it a lot of, you know, new programs, new eligibility, um, new whiz-bang designs, but I, I think it's really about tightening up um, the linkages between pay and performance, ensuring we've got, again, the right metrics and, and design mechanics. Um, I think that uh, C-suite executives um, continue to be a frustrated in some aspects of their pay, um, you know, maybe more on the fixed side. You know, I, I've heard more chatter 
around frustration with base salary increases and executives feeling that they're not getting as much uh, ROI on those, that it seems to be, mm -hmm. you know, to a lot of execs, sunk costs, um, feelings of entitlement. It's kind of a, you know, a throwaway of the two and a half to, to three percent. So, you know, we're hearing more executives talk about um, ways to make that uh, investment on the base salary side go further. And if that's, you know, maybe um, treating fewer people and providing more upside differentiation to the to the true high performers, um, that's definitely being um, looked at. Um, also on the, the link to performance, there's been a lot of um, coverage in the last several years on um, a number of companies, still it's a minority, but you know, there's been some big name companies that have actually scrapped their performance rating processes. Mm -hmm. um, that the, the performance ratings have historically driven uh, pay decisions. So you know, the base salary increase, has been a function of, of a uh, performance rating. And then increasingly, short-term incentive, long-term incentive payouts have also been moderated uh, by performance ratings. But there's a lot of baggage um, that has gone with those ratings as well. So I think a lot of CHROs and CEOs have become frustrated with um, you know, the, the compensation tail wagging the performance and the development dog that that um, a sense that in some companies employees get overly fixated on the rating for compensation purposes, not just the employees, but the managers and managers mm -hmm. are maybe have, have lacked some intestinal fortitude in making the right performance calls because they, uh, they might be conflict avoidant. So um, we've seen some companies say, look, we're going to scrap the ratings. Um, they're a bit more trouble than they're worth. We're still going to differentiate pay, but we're not going to have this formulaic relationship between the rating and pay. So that's presented um, some new challenges and new opportunities. I think for organizations that have had a lot of trouble where that's the issue, I, I think hitting the reset button and maybe disconnecting, um, you know, getting rid of a performance rating makes sense. Uh, that it puts more of the emphasis on the the performance discussion and, and continuous dialogue with how to improve performance and what's needed for development. So, and, and use other processes to provide appropriate differentiation and pay. But there's also a, a lot of companies, still a majority out there, that have made a lot of investment in their performance rating, performance management process, and, and we're seeing continued efforts to to retool that, um, you know, investment in things like calibration, again, are the metrics that we're assessing performance against uh, the right ones? Do we have the right balance between competency assessment and, and outcome assessment? Um, so we're seeing a fair amount of focus um, there, too. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how this whole uh, performance rating um, issue and kind of scrapping those ratings plays out. Um, you know, I, I think clearly there's organizations in, in both camps. Thank you, everybody, for listening to our interview with Tom McMullen of the Corn Ferry Hay Group. If you are interested in WorkHuman 2019, check out www.workhuman.com to register for the top event of next year. I know it's a little early, but get your tickets fast. And if you are interested in other WorkHuman content, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. We have a LinkedIn community, the WorkHuman community forum that you can join. It's great. So thanks for joining us on Thursday. We'll be back for the second part of our two-part interview with Tom McMullen of Corn Ferry Hay Group. Thanks for listening and have a great week.
Work Human Radio is brought to you by Globoforce, pioneers of the work human movement. Globoforce helps make work more human for millions of people and organizations worldwide. Learn more by visiting Globoforce.com and join the work human movement by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and the Work Human Community Forum on LinkedIn. Thanks again for listening to Work Human Radio.